Hey guys, it's Jeff Stanek with Figured Out Baseball. Uh, I've got another great Figured Out Baseball podcast for you today. We have Addison Rouse on the show again. Uh, he's a returner to the podcast. He is the head coach at Salem University, a Division II school in Salem, West Virginia. And uh, we're pumped to have him back. After Coach Rouse and I recorded our, our first podcast together, we were talking about some things and, and kind of both decided we need to jump on another one and talk about a, a, you know some more stuff that, that he does with his program. So uh, I'll give you a bit of a background on Coach Rouse in case this is the first podcast you've listened to with him so you know who he is, where he's from, a little bit about what he's done, um, and then we'll, we'll jump into the questions with him. Right now, Coach Rouse is in his fourth season as the head coach at Salem University. This is being recorded at the beginning of the season, but they, they have started playing. So he's in his fourth year at Salem, a Division II school in West Virginia. Uh, he started out his playing career uh, as, as a player. Again, started his career at Ohio Valley University, a Division II school in Vienna, West Virginia. He helped the team win the conference and advance the NCAA regional on that team in 2006. He finished his playing career at Brescia University, an NAIA school in Owensboro, Kentucky. While at Brescia, he helped the team win the conference championship in 2009 and advanced the NAIA National Tournament in back-to-back seasons 08 and 09. He was selected as a conference academic, oh, I'm sorry, conference all-academic team. He graduated with a degree in English in 2009. He spent the 2010 spring as a volunteer at Brescia, his first coaching job in college. Then in 2011 and 12, those springs, he was a graduate assistant at Henderson State University, Division II school in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. He got his master's degree there in 2012. He spent the 2013 season as a recruiting coordinator back at Brescia. And then 2014 through 16, he got his first head coaching opportunity at East Nazarene College, an NCAA Division III school uh, in Quincy, Massachusetts. The 2016 team there had two players selected to the all-conference team. Another player that was uh, named Conference Senior Scholar Athlete of the Year. And then in 2017, he was named the head coach at Salem University. The 2018 team finished 19 and 16. That was the best win percentage since Salem had gone Division II. That year he was named the Independent College Athletic Association Coach of the Year. He had three players named to the All-ICAA team, also had the Conference Rookie of the Year on his team. The 2019 team won 26 games. That tied the team's single-season wins record, which was originally set in 1999. They were ranked in the NCAA Division II Top 25 in home runs, runs, and on base percentage, and ranked in the top 10 in all of Division II baseball in stolen bases, walks, and hit-by-pitches. He had five players that year voted uh, the all to the all-conference team, one player named to the all-region team. The team finished in addition to all the, all the things they did on the field, the team also finished with a 3.34 team GPA, which is a really outstanding number. Uh, Coach Rouse, that's the background. Can't wait to jump into questions with you, man, so I appreciate you coming back on the show with us again. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. No, it's awesome, Jeff. I, I laugh every time I hear you give, give that bio, man. I mean, it, 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 honestly, it fires me up. It's been... It's just been an incredible journey in this game, and I, I, I can't, you know, last time I was just going, wow, you know, and then I, I feel the same way again, and I, I mean, I don't, 
I don't I, I, I don't know if it doesn't come across like selfish, but I'm just man, I feel I feel so blessed, you know, that I've been you know, I've been so many neat places and, and met so many awesome people and have, you know, had some success and learned so much, you know, it's just been an awesome journey, man. I, I'm just so so fortunate to be a part of so many awesome situations with so many great people. Can't do it without the people that surround you through your journey or anybody else's journey, no doubt about that. And and yours has been an interesting one, and, and it's been fun. Uh, it's been fun to, to kind of learn about you and learn about your background, where you've come from. And uh, you and I just connect on, on several different levels, and, and I just yeah. uh, appreciate what you're about and, and what you do for your kids. And that's part of what I wanted to get into today, just what you try to create with your team, you know, the atmosphere that you try to create. And let me just lead into this by saying I, I spoke with someone recently, uh, just just someone I have a personal relationship with. Um, it's actually she's a softball player. She's playing at uh, softball right now, and she said you know, she's been having issues with her team. She's hurt this year. Um, and, and basically her team is, has almost, I don't want to say cast her aside, but she's not nearly as, as important uh, to the team as she was yeah. last year. I mean, last year she uh, she played every day. Uh, she was a big contributor to the team. And then this year she's hurt. She's missing the spring. And it's like it, it's like her teammates treat her differently. Her coaches treat her differently. And it's almost uh, as if, uh, like, she's being ostracized a little bit. And, and she we talked, and, and she was just kind of telling me about the issues she had. And I said, you know, that stuff starts with the coaches. To me, the coaches set the tone for that, uh, just for, for what your team is like. And, and what the atmosphere is going to be like. And no matter whether you have a great group of kids or, or not so great group of kids, I think that the coaches can really steer the direction of just the culture that you have. So let me just ask you just a, a very general question to start out, start this out, Coach Rouse. What sort of a culture do you try to create and cultivate at Salem University? Yeah, you, I mean, you nailed it. I mean, that, that, that story is just, you know, it's crazy to me because I think, you know, with culture, like you said, yeah, it's intentional. You have to you have to learn it. You have to develop it. You have to cultivate it. You know, I think simply put, you know, our culture can be defined by the word family. And, you know, I say that because it's also the most cliche, eyewash, used all the time, family, family, family. And how I describe it is if we're going to actually use that in our program, and I'm going to claim that we are a quote-unquote family, we're going to embody that. You know, my, my wife and my family are around our program very, very, you know, very intentionally. Um, I, need, uh, I want our players to see me be a husband and father. Um, you know, we do some team activities. We do some intentional, you know, leadership building and accountability and team stuff. And it's just, you know, if we're going to talk about family, it can't just be go roll the balls out between the lines for three hours and we go home. We need to be intentional about how we're developing that, nurturing it, and, and, and you know, basically owning that on a daily basis that we are a family. We're going to live that way. And, and so it's more than than that even. I, I, I know some of the things that you guys do and kind of how the players uh, react to you and, and yeah. sort of what you've got set up there. In this particular case with this, this softball player, um, the issue that she's having is that your value on that team is basically based on how you, how much you're going to contribute on the field, and that seems to be the yeah. case with the players and the coaches. And uh, I know that this is a, almost an unfair question, but how do you how do you um, 
how do you as a coach, as the head coach, you are the one that's setting the tone for everybody. You've got 35 guys on that team, you know, give or take. I don't know what your number is, but it's close to 35, I'm sure. How do you yeah. take the time to make sure everybody on your team feels like that they are a part of that family, whether or not they're playing? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, 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 it can't, it, it absolutely can't matter. Um, it, it absolutely can't matter whether they are number one on your roster or 40. And, and I think you, know, you hit the nail on the head when it, you know, we are very, very much a results-driven society. You know what I mean? Where it's, it's numbers and performance goals and statistics and quotas and, you know, that's great. I mean, that, that there's a lot of value in that. But I think when you're when you're developing a team and a culture, you know, it the the, the way that's developed, it doesn't the performance can't it can't have any impact on that. Like it's gotta be about character, it's gotta be about, you know, the person and the relationship and you know, whether that's player one or player forty, it it, it doesn't matter. And you know, I, I do something every day. I, I text a player every um Every single day I text a player. You know, every every single day I I reach out to one of my guys and just let them know that I'm thinking about them and just checking up on them. And I think that you have to you have to be very very. I, I keep using the word you have to be intentional and you and you have to be genuine about it. And I think when you do that, you take performance out of it. You know, you're going to get guys that that one love being around you in your program, and you're going to you're going to get guys that want to that will come run through a freaking brick wall for you. I couldn't agree with you more. And if I've, I've been to Salem, and I know what you guys have to sell there, and you and I have had conversations about this, you know, there it's not one of those places where, you know, a non-baseball player is going to show up and say, "Wow, this place is amazing. I'm I'm freaking coming here because this is the best campus, the yeah. best town I've ever seen." You know, you've got to really sell some things there. Is that something that you sell to a recruit? And you have recruits on campus. Is that something that you talk about with the recruit, just like the, the atmosphere that you're going to create in the team and kind of what you're going to be a part of off, on and off the field as a part of a base as, as a baseball player here at Salem University? Yeah, we're I, – I, and I think that's – and, again, you're, you're really steering us the right way because that, that's kind of what we hang our hat on is, like, listen, this is Salem. This is what it is. You know what I mean? This is the school, the campus, the – you know, we're pretty open about our shortcomings. We're pretty open about our, you know, our aesthetic issues and the things that may need improvement and lack of a conference. And you know, we don't hide any of that stuff. I mean, we're very, very authentic and in, 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 in being open and honest with our, with our recruits about it. And, and, but here's what I tell them. I said, if you want to develop as a young man, if, if you want to develop as a, as a player, if you want to get your degree, like, like when we put up it, it, you're going to come to Salem because we're going to care about you and love you and, and help you grow into the best player and person that we can we can create. And we're going to we are going to give you everything that we can to develop you as a man. We are going to do every single thing possible to to grow you as a as a kid. Like that's our heart. Like that's that's our purpose. That's our intent. And then we think that when we are developing that and when we are putting everything that we have into that, and I think the baseball takes care of itself because you're going to recruit talented kids. You're going to find good baseball players. You're going to find kids that throw hard, run well, swing the bat. Like you're going to find that. Like, but, but that doesn't that doesn't just guarantee winning. Like what guarantees success is everything that you're doing 
prior to the umpire saying play ball. You know what I mean? Do you think that every team in America says that? <laughs> I think that you guys are really genuine. So, that I, like, I'm not, I'm not downplaying what you're saying, but I guess I'm thinking of this from a recruit standpoint or from the parent of a recruit. Like, if you visit five schools, don't you think you're going to hear that five different places? Like, how, how do you know? Well, first of all, do you think everybody, do you think everyone's trying to sell that whether they have it or not? And do you think it's something that when a kid visits the school, they've got to dig a little deeper to find out is this, to use the term you used, is this just eyewash or is this team actually functioning this way? Do yeah. you think that's something everybody sells uh, no matter what? No, you make a good point. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think it is. I, mean, I think if I, if I, let's, not, let's not be naive here. I think every, I mean, you, you are a recruiting coordinator. You're selling the relationship. You're selling the, the program. You're selling the chemistry, the culture in, in your organization. And, and, and that may be that, – that's probably a very real thing, that, that it is across the board probably a consensus of, of that. And I think – and, again, I don't know if we have the separating factor. I just hope that my relationship with that parent or that young man and my staff's impact that, like, when they get in front of us, that there's just an aura and a presence that says, you know what, I want to go play for this man. I want to be a part of this. You know, and, you know, I – I, I want us to, I, again, I want it to be uncommon. I want, you know, even though it's a common theme, I want us to separate with our, you know, authenticity, you know, the way that we are intentional, our, our, the way that we care, the way that we develop that relationship. You know, you know if, I, if I talk to a young man, Jeff, you know, I am prepared to talk to him again with no, like I'm ready, I'm organized. You know, I'm, I'm not just asking the same question every week or every two weeks when we talk. I'm diving into the relationship. You know, I'm getting to know him personally. And my hope is that that separates us, that, that that genuine care is what will separate us from a common team. When someone actually visits, you, you talk to them on the phone, obviously, and you develop a relationship there, or at least yeah. with, you know, with some of the coaches on staff. When someone actually visits the place, do you have any advice for someone who's taking some visits or, or will be taking visits in the next couple of years uh, for, for, for someone to really, uh, I guess, see through the facade of, of of what's being said as opposed to how the culture really is. Is there something that a, that a kid can do on that visit, whether it's spend time with the players, go to a practice? Like, is there anything you recommend that someone might do, whether yeah. they're coming to visit Salem or, or going to visit some school on the West Coast or, or wherever? Like, what, how do you how do you differentiate, you know, truth from fiction when it comes to stuff like the team culture? That's a great – that is a great question, and I think that, if I'm giving advice to a recruit, I am coming and watching the practice. I am watching the way that the coach interacts with his young men. I'm, if I'm, if I'm, you know, not shy or timid, I'm asking a player um, about that, about the environment and about what you know, what this program is really about, you know, on the inside. And then I think the third thing that I um, that I ask is that I sit down with that coach and go, what, you know, what makes the me special? Why me? And if that coach says some, you know, well, you know, you throw hard and you're six foot four, I mean, obviously, you know, so when, so when this, you know, so when this young man sits down, like I want him, to, I, I would love him to be like, hey, coach, why me? Where do I fit? And and if and if that coach can give him a, a, an authentic answer and a detailed response and have a game plan for him, 
then I think that it obviously is going to build that trust. It's going to build that that you know build that relationship a little bit. And then from a player standpoint, when he's out there watching a coach's element, I mean that you know that that's all you need to see. And then you go up to a kid and go, hey, you know, I'm watching Coach Addy right now, and I'm watching how he's interacting at this practice. Is this how he really is on a day on a day to day basis? And if you know the, the young man, the young player says, yeah, that's how he is, then I think you're entering a very real and true environment that sometimes gets, you know, taken for granted. And, and, and as you and I both know, it, it's what you see on the outside isn't always what's on the inside, but, I, but hopefully we can be authentic and real and genuine and we can, you know, what we are on Twitter is what we are, you know, day-to-day behind the scenes and kids can see that. I think it's just a matter of looking for it. Uh, yeah. You know, too many times kids take visits and, and they're – their 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 opinion or their decision is made by you know things that that maybe aren't as important but but maybe seem it on the on the surface like they're they're looking at the campus or looking at the town uh and they're getting a feel for that kind of stuff they see the facilities and all the amenities and and things like that and, and kids are making decisions based on those types of things instead of what's yeah. happening in the dugout which is which is really your success and your happiness once you're on campus at least in my opinion is going to be based on what's happening in the dugout and not like, are you going to get the coolest gear? Do you have the best looking weight room? And like, what's your, you know, what are your facilities? How nice is the field? How nice is the town? Like that kind of stuff is nice. And you're, I mean, it's going to be part of your experience, but you know, I've never heard of anybody transferring because like, you know, the town's too small or, or like, you know, the, our, our dugout's not that, not that we don't have a locker room or it's, you know, it's always because of, well, like this, like softball situation, the softball player, like the team culture just isn't there or obviously playing time, stuff like that. But you don't often see people transferring or leaving a school, but you'll yeah. see people make decisions based on those things. But you make a great point, and, and, I, and I will tell you this. Cause I think here, here's what I will tell you, and I don't, I'm not going to name programs, but I have, a, I have a, a coaching friend of mine that made a really, really, really good point. He said, you know, all those bells and whistles, you know, all the hack attacks and the rap soto and the drive line and the hit tracks and the, you know, the shoes and the apparel and all the amazing bells and whistles, right? All of that, like you said, there is weight, there is value. It does, it certainly 100% makes it, uh, makes it for a nice experience. But when you get in the thick of it, none of that matters. None of that matters between the hours of two to five at practice. None of it does. None of it matters during a team meeting. None of it matters during a team activity. None of it matters at 6 a.m. waste. Like, if you get all these awesome things and you're getting developed and you're like, this is amazing, but you're, like, you hate your coach, you hate the staff, you hate the culture, you hate the chemistry, you're never going to be fulfilled. <laughs> it's, always go- it's always going to be flawed. It's always going to be painted. It's never going to give you what you desire every time it will let you down. That's some truth there, man. That's some truth right there. Uh, so when you – with your assistant coaches, when you have, you know, a new coach come in or, or just you guys are talking about recruiting, are you coaching your coaches up to have these types of conversations with kids on the phone? Like, hey, guys, like you've got to make sure you're, you're developing this relationship with these guys on the phone so they get to know you and they feel like they feel like they know you and they feel like they're coming to play for somebody they know and they can relate to because it's really easy as a recruiter – to have the phone call every week that just says like, Hey man, we, we won a lot of games last year. Like, I think you can play here. 
you know, I think you're the right type of player for us on the field, and that's your that's your conversation every time you're on the phone with them. And then a kid just like after a while just kind of tunes you out. Yeah. Is that something that you actually coach up in your coaches, or is that something you kind of let them have some trial and error on? Um, I would say it's a combo of both. I think you know, the best thing that happened to me as as a young assistant was when my boss in Arkansas, Henderson State, gave me a whole Excel database of names and said, go call these kids in the week, at the end of the week, and I want to, I want to, by the end of the weekend, I want to update on Friday. And I had no idea how to call kids. I had no idea what to say. I, I remember my first conversation, Jeff, he's a kid that played on Louisville's College World Series team back in the, you know, back in the early 2000s there, okay? And he answers the phone. His name's Kyle Gibson. And I say, hey, Kyle. And he goes, hey, I say, hey, this is Coach Rouse. And at that time, I was, I was in Arkansas, the Brescia now. So like I, at both of those early stops, I'd kind of been thrown to the fire here. Now I'm at Brescia, so get you back on track. And I'm, I'm at Brescia. And I just saw my showcase. And I literally go on a whole tangent about our program for eight minutes. I get done, and he goes, hey, Coach, thank you, um, but I'm committed to Louisville. So I go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean, I'm not eight minutes. I'm like, you know, this is our best majors, and this is our, you know, we're a Catholic affiliate, and if you are a Catholic, you get half-off tuition, and this is what we can do scholarship-wise for you, and this is where we see you fit. This is our philosophy. And then he goes, oh, yeah, thanks, Coach, I'm going to Louisville. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. You know, and I was like, oh, that's humbling. And, uh, yeah. So, I just think that you gotta let them. You gotta let them go a little bit. Like, what do you get? You got yeah, yeah, yeah. Take the training wheels off and let them fly a little bit. But I also think that when you've created a, a niche in your program, you need to kind of steer them. Like, hey guys, when you call this shortstop, okay, yeah, is he a baller? Yes, like we want him. But like, I need you to get like, this guy's our shortstop. He's our leader. He's our captain. He's our He's the guy in the middle of the field. Like you need to make, you need to find out about who he is as a person, because I don't want to, I don't want to win with bad people. Like you know, we want to win with good character. We want to win with integrity. We want to win with high, with, with with just great kids. So I'm like, listen, I don't care that he throws 92. That's awesome. Like I want that. But like before we make the the full decision here, your conversation can't get like your conversation can't be, hey buddy, you said 92. We do drive line. We're going to get you drafted. Okay, we'll develop you by. Like, it needs to be, like, learn about him. Like, what makes him tick? You know, we'll get, get to know a little bit about his personality. Like, I try to steer them a little bit, you know what I mean, uh, down the right path. But just like when I was young, Jeff, you got to figure it out a little bit. you gotta, you got to learn and fail and trial and error. And I think at some point you kind of get your niche and you kind of learn how to steer a conversation the right way. I actually remember Kyle Gibson because I also tried to recruit him, but you I did. also got the bad news. Right? Yeah, I was at Moorhead State, and I yeah, I also, I also got the bad news. <laughs> yeah, he was from Henderson County. Yeah, God. yeah, too bad. He would have looked good in in Moorhead blue, instead of Louisville red. But he probably wouldn't have gone to a World Series, I don't think. But I think it's so so great, it's such great points that you make about about the recruiting and about developing the relationship. And when you're talking there, I'm thinking about the, I have this one guy in my mind. Uh, he's, a, he's a pitching coach um, at, a, at a pretty pretty big school who's not great at baseball right now. And and I, I've heard about the conversations that he has with players, and it's like it's the conversations that you're saying aren't going to go anywhere. Like, hey, man, we're going to get you drafted, and 
and you're gonna be playing in a big league someday if you come here and play for us and, and blah 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 and it's like you know you kind of on the outside looking in like why can't why don't these guys have better players why isn't this team better you know they've got a lot of things working in their favor and i've got to believe this is why and this is this is one of the things i've told other people in the past is to me when uh if you have a, a head coach that, that's pretty good and has had some success and, and things like that, uh, but, he, but he just has, you know, he moves to a different school and just really struggles there, the common denominator is usually the assistant coaches are, you know, aren't doing something. They're, they're doing something that, that's hindering the program. And, uh, and to me, this, this guy, this one pitching coach that I'm thinking of is part of the reason this particular school can't get it done. And it's just amazing that, Somebody can get to that level and not have figured that out yet, uh, but but you guys have and, and things, you know. You I know you've got some good kids. You've got some talent on campus. Uh, let me ask you this though. This has been and this may be a sore subject, but I'm going to bring it up. Uh, it's it's been a slow start to the year for you guys. Uh, you've had you've had, had had some tough times so far. How do you? So, so you've built up this culture, and your kids—you know—they they believe in you. They believe in each other. But you have a slow start to the season. What's the conversation like with your guys at this point? You know, whether it's practice or or you go into uh, a weekend series. You know, what's the conversation like for you to keep these guys on track, to keep their confidence up, and, and to let them know that you know that they still are who they are, despite what the record said. It's early in the year; there's a lot of time left. So, what what are your conversations like with the guys at this point, individually, as a team, whatever? Well, I you're gonna you're gonna like this because it's funny that you bring it up, and you're right. It hasn't it hasn't been a great start. It was definitely not what definitely not what I expected. You know, definitely not what we anticipated to start our season with our high expectations, as as you knew and as I've made clear to you that I was really excited about. So, how do we get this on track? And we we've done it, Jeff. There's three ways we've gone about this. Number one is we we we've, we've met as a team and, and and just you know got, kind of got back to hey, listen trust the process. And that's so, again, that's so cliche, but we just told a guy, like, listen, at some point you're going to perform like the back of your baseball card. And this is the first time in Salem history that they have ever had high expectations, that they have ever had, um, that, we, that we have ever had, you know, any kind of, you know, hey, we need you guys to, to go and, and, and perform. And Straight up, flat out, 100%, you know, I think early on the pressure's got to us a little bit. I think the guys have really worn that on their sleeves and, and worn that on their shoulders. And um, how we've combated that is, like I said, we, we, we won. We, we, we told the guys, hey, listen, slow it down. We trust you. We believe in you. Um, we have full faith in you. And then also a little bit more of a um, blunt conversation like, hey, the definition, Jeff, of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again. So I I trust you, and I believe in you, but at some point it's time to ball, and at some point it's, it's time to get it going, and at some point we need you to step it up and, and start performing and doing things well, and, you know, or we're going to have to run somebody else out there. So I think we've kind of blended, like, hey, let's not freak out, let's not panic, but also, like, hey, boys, we gotta hold, we gotta hold you accountable, and you gotta start performing. And, and we've brought them in one on ones, and they've been very individualized, like very authentic conversations. Yeah, but we had guys meet all season. They all came into the office, and we said, "Okay, here's your role. Here's where you're at. 
here's what you need to do. And then do you have any feedback for us? So we checked our ego out the door saying, hey, are we putting you in the best position to succeed? If we are, then we got to get it. We got to get it going. And if we aren't, give us some feedback because we are in this for you. It's your program. We want to be successful. So we're going to check our ego out the door, and we're going to be like, hey, listen, give us some feedback. What can we do to help this program and help these young men get your stuff, uh, get going, and perform at a high level that you're expected to? So it's been it's been threefold, and I feel great about where we're heading. I really do. Awesome. It's funny that you say about the back of the baseball card and, and that eventually you're going to perform like the guy in the back of your baseball card because I've had those, that exact same conversation with, with kids. Uh, I don't know if I've told you this before, but when I coached, I, you know, it, you, just, you don't have a lot of resources at, at you know, even mid-major Division ones and below, so you're kind of wearing a lot of hats. The teams that I coached for, I was kind of the, the in-house mental strength coach. I read a lot about that kind of stuff. I really buy into it, believe in it, and I would work with players on it, and I I've had a player in the past, there's one particular player I'm thinking of that uh, had three really good years, came out as a senior, thought he had a chance to be drafted, and after like four weekends, he was hitting like a buck 52. And, uh, I mean, this guy had, had a really great three-year career to that point, and he and I talked. He's yeah. the guy that I recruited and just said, hey, man, you know, play out, look at the back of your baseball card, play out 10 seasons. If you could play college baseball for 10 years, what does the back of your baseball card look like? Like, that's who you are. You have to believe every yeah. day when you go out there that that's yeah. who you are. And I, I firmly buy into what you said. And I also, you know, something I talked to him about, uh, and, and probably a good point for, for an individual or for teams that may be in the same situation that you're in, is just to, like you said, slow the game down and, and try to break the game down into smaller segments to where you're yeah. breaking it down pitch to pitch. And, and as an individual player and as, team, as a team, you're just trying to win each pitch. You know, you're trying to compete the best you can yeah. pitch to pitch. And, and when you do that, ultimately, you know, usually over the course of the season, the talent shows through. If you just compete best you can and, and try to win each pitch, then a lot of really good things are going to happen for you over the course of the year. Uh, you, you nailed it. It's, it's, you, you, absolutely, you absolutely nailed it. And it's, it's 100%, it's 100%, like I said, just that, that trust in that, trust in that, that, that belief in that, like, you know, it's, like, I'm trying to find the right words for it, like, like you said, like, you, you know, you're going to perform, and, you know, I'm trusting you, I'm believing in you, you're not going to be, you cannot settle to the plate, and, and all of a sudden, you know, increase your batting average by 150 points, and, like, you got to, you got to, tr- you know, have a good weekend, have a good day, have a good A.B., you know, and, and let, and let those chips fall in that, trust your training, you know what I mean, like, don't, don't get ahead of yourself. Like it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna come, and we believe in you. So start look yourself in the mirror and believe in yourself. Like you're, we are all in on you, bud. And, and we've been trying to instill that all week. And man, I feel like we're just about to explode, man. I really do. Nothing will help that more than a like a three or four run first inning and <laughs> get the lead in one of these games and, and let your boys run with it and have some fun. Uh, we've talked a lot about culture. You know, a lot about things that you guys do. Uh, I think one of the sort of general belief right now is that kids in 2020 aren't the same as, you know, kids 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, whatever it may be. And I think one of those things is just that we are, you know, we live in a culture now with social media and there's a lot of focus on me, 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 instant gratification, things like that. Do you find that kids still want what you're selling, meaning like the family atmosphere, the, you know, a, a team that's going to, you're going to work hard, um, 
you know, we're going to focus, we're, we're, we're going to train you, we're going to get you better individually, but there's a lot of other things to it. You know, do kids still want that the family culture, even though we're in such an individualized type of world that we live in right now, I mean, the kids still want the family atmosphere that you're selling from what you see, from what you hear. You know what, you know what, Jeff, and I think, I, I think, I would say yes. And I think, you know, and this the whole, you know, listen, our, our, the technology and the analytics, like you need to adapt or die. Like it's true. Like you have, we have to understand spin rates and, you know, launch angles and some of those variables are extremely necessary and important for us to understand, teach, and implement in our program. But at the end of the day, and I mean this, I still believe the young man wants accountability, structure, and good old school coaching. I really believe that. I believe that's what wins championships. Now, development develops players, develops talent, develops ability. And analytics and those things are going to help you have better baseball players. But if you want to win a championship and you want to win at a really high level, accountability, structure, family, blue-collar, old-school hard work is what's going to get it done. I firmly believe that. You've been coaching for a while. You were thrown into a head coaching situation pretty early on, um, you know, pretty early in your career at a pretty young age. How did you get to this point where you decided that this is what I want? This is what I want my team to be like. This is the culture that I want to create. You know, how did you get to this point where where this is this is sort of what you decided that this is going to work for us? This is going to work for a college baseball team. Yeah, I, I think to be honest, Lee, a lot of a lot of mistakes, a lot of failures. I mean, I think you know, early on, I you know, I was the young guy who was you know in the hot seat and had all the answers from all my previous stops. And, you know, I was trying to blend five, you know, four different programs into mine. And I, and I wasn't, you know, I, I was completely lost in that. And I was, you know, one minute I was acting like my boss at Brescia. The next minute I was acting like my boss at Henderson State. And I was never really me. And then, and then I kind of, you know, got a little bit better with that. And then I started being, you know, then I was being authentic. But then I was maybe a little bit too friendly, right? Like I was a little bit too players-like coach because, you know, I have a, you know, I, I love people. I, I have a great personality when it comes to the boys. I like to relate to them. I love being around them. And maybe I got a little bit too passive aggressive. You know, one minute I'm all I'm all buddy buddy. Next minute I'm the guy breaking the clipboard. You know what I mean? So I, I just have gone from all these different, you know, under personalities and 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 states of mind when it came to to running a program. And I think you know, and my wife said it best. Like you got to be authentic. You got to be who you are. Like you got to run a program that you believe in. That when you get done. You know, with your day at the end of the at the end of the night, you lay your head down and know that you're running the the program that's going to develop young men with a purpose. And you know, I want to win a championship, Jeff. I want a dog pile. I want to go to I want to go to carry. I want to do some cool things. But you know, that at the end of the day, what matters is the relationship. What matters is developing young men. What matters is changing lives and transforming you know kids into 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 successful people. And you know, when I learned that that was what was one the most important thing to me. And, and number two, I learned that they needed me to be authentic and consistent. It's completely changed the way I run things, and uh, my conviction and, and my beliefs have have come full circle with that, and, and along with my faith too. So it's been it's been such a growth process, and I'm so glad that people didn't give up on me and let me find my way. And by no means am I a finished product, but I certainly still have the blueprints now to to run a program with 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 my heart and, and with conviction. One or two more questions here, Coach, and I'll let you go. I know you've got a busy day today and a busy weekend. 
Um, yeah. I think that, you know, we've talked about several things that are cliche, but you, you buy into enough. With, it's, it's not a cliche with your program, but in general it is. And I think one of the other cliches that you hear a lot is that we're going to develop this player's character. We're going to develop young men and, and things like that. And I think, you know, most people that say that are probably very genuine, but there are some guys that just that say it and either that's something they say and it's not a focus of their, their actual day-to-day life or day-to-day practices or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think in your case, I totally, I, you know, I believe that it is because I know, I think I know you well enough as a person and, and, I've, and I've been around your players a little bit and just seen how they react with you. Yeah. Can you give me any specific examples of what, what does that mean? You know, and you say, oh, I want to ju- want to win, but I want to develop young men. I want to develop, you know, their character, and I, and I want to develop people that are going to be successful after they leave here. Can you give me some examples of just how, how do you do that as a base? I mean, you're a baseball coach at the end of the day. You know, how do you do yeah. that as a baseball coach? How do you really impact the lives of these guys outside what happens, you know, between the lines at practice and in games? Yeah, I, I would give you my, my, my two biggest references to that would be, one, you got to emulate it. So when I talk about emulating it, that goes to, you know, when my wife and my kids are around, how am I being with my, how am I being a husband? How am I being a father? How am I presenting that in front of my young men while we're on the road or at a game or at practice or, or when they're in the office around, right? So how am I emulating that? How do I act to a general manager at a restaurant how am i acting toward my assistant coaches how am i treating the bus driver how am i picking up a dugout or um or a fast food restaurant when i'm thanking people or or putting my you know putting my tray up so you have to emulate character and you have to you have to what's the mirror for your place number one and then number two I, I think now, and I don't have a 10-page code of conduct manual, Jeff, but you need to have standards and you need to have structure. And when, 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 you, when your player is late to class, he needs to be held accountable, and then he needs to understand why that is important to us. Hey, when you are at Wake at 6.05 and they start at 6, why is this an issue? And I want to explain that to them. So I think, you know, emulating it, mirroring it, and then having structure and having um, having that, you know, that accountability in place and then also explaining the why, that's what it takes to, to, to demonstrate that for your men and to, and to make the word culture um, and character actually um, be, become action. And I don't think there's any doubt that, that is what your program's about. And whatever the rest of the season holds, I think that when you look back at your baseball card <laughs> 10, 15, 20 years from now, I think there's going to be a lot of successes on the back of that card, a lot of teams that, that do a lot of really special things, and a lot of individuals that have a lot of individual success uh, and, and that just keep in touch with you over the years. I think as a coach, that's one of the badges of honor that you can wear is how many of your former players still stay in touch with you, you know, the kind of relationships oh, yeah. you develop that, that – you know, that lasts longer than four years. And I know that that's the kind of guy you are and the kind of coach you are and, and things that are going to follow you around wherever you go. Um, pretty easy to see, you know, to me, what kind of culture you've got at Salem University. And, you know, I, I don't say this to <laughs> – don't say this lightly. I don't say it to a lot of people, but if my son – now he's three years old. He's got a long way to go. But you're the kind of guy <laughs> that if my son was looking to go to college, you know, and looking for a place to play, I wouldn't hesitate to send him to you just because I think that I'd know exactly what he's going to get. And if whether, you know, whether he's a four-year starter or a four-year role player or, you know, whatever it is, I think that he would have a great experience and, and feel like he's cared for and, and cared about and, 
and that's all you can really ask for, I think, in the process. So, Coach, I appreciate all the insight, uh, appreciate your outlook on things, and and just the you know what you're what you're willing to share here. And hopefully, there are some young coaches listening to this today that that gained something because I know that I sure did. And I think there's a lot to learn from someone like yourself. So, I really appreciate you spending time with us today. Yes, I, as always, man, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing for the game of baseball and how you're growing uh, players and coaches, man. I'm just I'm humbled and honored to be a part of it, man. And, you know, the class of 20, I guess, 38, <laughs> I tell your son he's a, he's a Tiger or wherever I may be, he's, he's coming. So I'm all in on him. <laughs> he's a left-handed hitter. I'll tell you that. He's a left-handed hitter, and he's got a pretty good arm. And uh, I posted a video of him, funny enough, just, just to joke around because guys, you know, guys post videos sometimes of their kids, like little kids on social media and, like, you know, taking great swings and, like, hitting a, you know, hitting a bomb or something. I posted a video of my kid, you know, at two and a half. Like, he takes one swing and he, he like, hits the – knocks the tee over and, you know, then he, like, hits a pull-side ground ball or whatever. And I, I kind of joked, like, said, does he need to look into soccer, do you guys think, or whatever? Because it's – sometimes on social media, man, it's like – this, hey, this five-year-old's going to be in the big league. So I just I thought I'd post the opposite and, like, hey, does my two-and-a-half-year-old need to need to just, like, focus I on the books? <laughs> anyway, I, hopefully I, he I sticks with it, it and there's awesome. a chance for that. So, uh, man, yeah, I appreciate it again. And uh, best of luck to you guys this weekend. And uh, I can't wait to stay in touch with you. I think that uh, we should definitely schedule another one of these podcasts at some point because you're, you're always a lot of fun to talk to and a, and a great guest on the show. Well, I'm, I would love to jump on again sometime soon, man, and I appreciate you, and we'll talk soon, Jeff. Thanks, Addison. Good luck, man. Awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye.